You're listening to episode 80 of the comics podcast. Hang on, Sean, Sean, shut up. Hey, Sean, 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 Sean. Guys, 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 guys. Hang on. Shut up. (laughs) I need you right now to go to didthanoskill.me. Okay. Right now. Do it right now. This is so important. It's a matter of life or death. Okay. There. Oh, okay. All right. Kill. Are you guys okay? Uh, it says. I mean, it says I was spared. It also said I was spared. You're spared. Okay, I was spared. Oh no. Wait. Oh wait. God. What does that mean for Pete and Phil? Oh no. They're just gone. Is that why Pete and Phil aren't here? The good Lord took them in into heaven. (laughs) The good Lord Thanos. There really is good in this world. No, (laughs) not that. (laughs) The merciful Thanos. Thanos took them from this world, but the good Lord took them into heaven. Wow. Oh, no. Hey, we're better off, guys. Hey, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. (laughs) Three out of five ain't bad. I was going to talk to you guys about maybe just doing our own thing, taking them off the shirts, you know? Like, hey, I'm I'm cool with this. I mean, in theory, they should be off anyway, right? Like... If if, I mean, if if my understanding of the reality gem and all that is is correct, like they're just wiped from existence, right? Who, right. who are we talking about? I have no, no idea. They, it's I mean, point. we've only ever had three faces on the shirt, so I don't know. The three of the handsomest faces, for sure. Right. That's so much for my brain. Okay, uh, you're tuned in to episode 80 of the Comics Pals. We're a group of comic book journalists and friends who record a podcast together because we don't talk enough about comics in our daily lives. Uh, Kale interrupted me because we did lose some dear friends, but hey, we're moving along, we're carrying on, and maybe we'll see them again. Who knows? Maybe there's a way that they could return. Hmm. Some, some, some dear work colleagues, some work acquaintances. (laughs) To be fair. At most. Once you move as far away as you did, everybody just kind of becomes an acquaintance. You know, you leave people. That's true. You guys are on, you guys are on. Thin ice. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Uh, so, uh, before we jump into everything, I do want to say some words. Uh, I want to let you guys know how you can find us. We're on Apple Podcasts, where we are a five-star rated podcast. You can add to that by leaving your rating over there, and also a comment. Uh, we also publish every week on SoundCloud. Uh, you guys are really good to us there, so keep that up. Uh, we are at the Comics Pals all over social media. So today actually is free comic book day for us at this time of recording, except for Kale because he lives elsewhere. So uh in the future. Yeah, I wait I wait yesterday. Share your share your free comic book day hauls with us. It's gotta be a little bit late, but hey, we'd love to see them. So share that stuff with us on our social media. You'll be able to find ours there as well. I'll be going in a few hours once I get away from these guys. I'm going to go down to Midtown Comics and pick up my books, and I'm sure Marco will get around to it too, uh, Yeah, provided he actually reads comics. So uh, stay tuned no. to our social media pages for that, and then you can write to us at comicspals at gmail.com. And last but certainly not least, we are on YouTube, where you can like this video, share it with your friends, drop us a comment, and subscribe to our channel. Make sure you pick up that uh, the Doctor Who free comic book day if you're a, a Doctor Who fan. Uh, Jess worked on that, and it's giving uh, it's giving the exclusive uh, uh, I guess not exclusive first look, but the the first full like comics appearance of the new Thirteenth Doctor, uh, drawn Ooh. by Rachel Stott. 
um, who I'm a huge fan of. And yeah, this is a, it's a big, big deal for doc, for Dr. Who fans. So make sure you pick that up. Uh, so last week we teased the Deadpool cares package and that is still a contest that we're doing. Uh, the, Avengers Infinity War review that we did is up on YouTube, so you guys can head over there, and in order to jump into the uh, the giveaway, all you have to do is leave us a like on the Avengers Infinity War review video, uh, subscribe to our channel, and share with your friends, share the video with your friends. Uh, make sure that the comment is letting us know what your favorite moment was from Avengers Infinity War, uh, and you'll be winning... The entire Daniel Way run of Deadpool. So if you're into that, uh, check it out. Deadpool cares about you. And he's giving stuff away. So uh, let's let's jump into some listener mail because we've got we've got quite a bit today. Alright, so I'm doing the listener mail, so get over it. Alright, <laughs> I'm gonna reach wow. reach into the bag here. <laughs> and here we go. I'm pulling out Brian Del Pozo's thoughts on Infinity War. Whoa. All right, here we go. I thought Infinity War 100% delivered on what it promised to be. It took the elements of 18 precious Marvel movies and jammed them together in a smorgasbord of craziness. I thought that Thanos was a great villain for the most part, certainly up there with Killmonger Zemo. Don't remember that. Uh, As far as my (laughs) personal favorite in the MCU. The only character whose arc I didn't enjoy was Gamora's, less for its actual content and more for the way and more for the way the film played it. Now, the film certainly did have some narrative issues, for better and worse. We started in Act 2, and the Russos assume anyone in the audience had more than a passing knowledge of the MCU, though I don't think there is any other way to do a crossover of this scale. That said, this film is in the is in my personal MCU top five. Cool. Thanks, Brian, for letting us know. Um, that came to us through Facebook. I, I understand where you're coming from with some of the negative elements of your review. Uh, less so about Gamora. I think her arc was handled fairly well. Um, and I would love to know what it was that you didn't like about it. Um, and then when it comes to the movie starting in Act 2, I mean, yeah. Um, but is it a fair assessment to think that you know your audience has seen a bulk of your movies when most of them make as much money as they do? I would say yes, it is. Uh, so... You know, uh, this is what it has to be. I also, I also, I also kind of feel like this is probably Act Three. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty late in the game. Um, anybody else have thoughts on what he said? Uh, I agree with Brian uh, in terms of Gamora's. Um, yeah, for me, and I mentioned this uh, because we saw we saw some meme about Gamora this week so i mentioned this in our group chat um oh no no no! it was it was marco's brother who said that he laughed when uh oh gamora died <laughs> gamora died and uh, uh oh spoilers i guess um oh my goodness but um, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. so like for me for me that moment wouldn't have been any different is if like when she s the the second she realizes that she's about to die. Thanos just grabs her by the head and throws her off the mountain. Like it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have changed that moment for me at all. Like there was like a limit to the amount of emotion that could be put into that scene, and, I and think it so. had hit that. Like I, I definitely, I definitely agree because I, I felt that same way. Like I was trying to like build up those feelings while it was happening because 
obviously when he says it, he's he's like alluding to uh, to Gamora, and so like you already have it in your mind. But that emotional buildup, even though it's set up, it wasn't there to make me like feel it necessarily. So I, I definitely I definitely feel that. And I just I just didn't feel like the father daughter bond there. Like I, I I know they gave us that scene where he adopts her and kills her race or whatever, but it just didn't it didn't work for me. Yeah, I uh, vehemently disagree, but we did this already on our review, so uh, I'm gonna pass on the uh, sparring. Uh, thanks a lot, Brian, for writing in. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a lot, Brian. <laughs> All right, so on to the next one. All right, so this is Emily via Facebook message. Ooh. Good friend Emily Coleman. Yes. From hey. Ye Days of Old. Hi, Emily. <laughs> hey, pals. I have a question. My aunt has recently entered the Netflix world and just watched Agent Shield. I never saw that one. Well, <laughs> is there a good order she should watch the other superhero shows? So this is going to serve as our as our random question of the week. I'm not going to dive into the weird thing that Pete always does because that's annoying. Um, instead, we're just going to answer the question. Of <laughs> See, <laughs> whoa, that's what that Pete was does, right? Horrifying. <laughs> yeah, close enough. Anybody want to jump in and tackle that one? So. Uh, personally, I think if you enjoyed Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you will probably enjoy the CW shows. Um, I find I find that the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. are, they are while they are closer to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, obviously, um, I would say that the quality is fairly similar in both storytelling and effects and like CGI and stuff. Um, if you're looking for a longer term serialized show, I think that would be the way to go. You know, something an old person would watch, um, or you know, a, I guess a, a, a teenager. I guess I would hesitate showing the Netflix shows just based on the the Agents of Shield uh, recommendation because mm-hmm. the 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 Marvel Netflix shows are pretty. Uh, gritty and violent and they i i think they are fairly different yeah i would agree with that they are very different um i so i i feel i feel that if you're into the marvel like like agents of shield um agent carter is an easy one right i don't know if that's on netflix yep yeah, um, I think it is. Yeah, might yeah. be. Yeah. So I, I think that's an easy one, and I, and then obviously, like Kale said, you go into the CW stuff, um, all that stuff. Your mileage may vary as far as like the quality of the shows, but I've heard good things. Um, I would watch the Marvel shows if you're ready for very mature storytelling, very mature, very sort of you know grittier stuff. Um, and I, and I wouldn't like, if you're not a diehard, I wouldn't go further than daredevil season one and two and Jessica Jones. If you're not, a, if you, like, if you just, if you don't really care that much, I would only watch those. Iron Fist is bad. Um, Luke Cage is solid. I, I like Luke Cage. Uh, and then I think, I think Phil said he would have recommended Luke Cage. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I, I mean, I really love the Punisher, but that's a very controversial show and you have to be in a certain mentality to watch that so it's not for everybody 
Marco, do you have any, any takes on that? Uh, no, I agree. I hadn't actually considered the CW stuff. So like, that's definitely a more, uh, in terms of tone, uh, like a, a sort of better transition. Um, but yeah, I would have said just touch like Daredevil and, um, Jessica Jones, like that's pretty much it. And to your point, Sean, uh, Punisher is definitely not one of those series that you should kind of just jump into uh, unless you're really, you know what you're getting into. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully that uh, answers your question, Emily. And I would love to know of these shows, which your aunt actually ends up enjoying. So uh, if, you, yeah. if you happen to know and the answer. Us, and tell us why it's The Flash. <laughs> I hear The Flash is really, really good. That might be super enjoyable. No, More it so is, than it is actual, an arrow. Yeah. It is re- actually really good. I couldn't get past the costume, sadly. <laughs> uh, so this is Jimmy, Jimmy on episode 77. Does Stan Lee need a hero? Mm, beyond excited for Snyder's Justice League run. I don't know if anything will, from it will end up topping some of the highs from his Batman run, but I do think it will have a consistent quality like his Batman run did. I've been saying I wanted a more connected JL and Titan stuff ever since I saw jl unlimited and young justice i think this could end up being one of the best runs for jl thanks for writing in jimmy as always we appreciate you uh i i'm cautiously optimistic for snyder's uh justice league run i like scott snyder i read everything he writes um and i love batman the problem is that his books they tend to be like really wordy and super dense and not dense but not like intellectually stirring necessarily you know like they're they're dense there's a lot of meat there but they don't really make you think beyond what you read um Mm, just like esoteric stuff right like it's it's all kind of like airy and stuff um Mm, and i'm i'm not sure how that's gonna play for the justice league i feel like snyder will either it'll either be fluffy and worthless or popcorny you know and which is you know enjoyable for sure but not really substantive his batman run was awesome in a lot of places um but to be honest with you i don't think about it outside of the the very like last two issues there's nothing there that i really like have a desire to go back and read ever you know um so if he's gonna do something memorable He's going to have to really dig deep and find the story that he has to tell for the Justice League. Dark Knight's Metal was cool, but like I said in our reviews of that, I feel the same way. It didn't really leave me with much after the fact, so I, I don't want more of the same. I Yeah, I think it's safe to say as long as it's, pro- as long as it's popcorn-y, it'll be fine. It'll be fine to read right now, but based on what I've read of Snyder's work in the dcu like i and even i honestly i would even say uh witches oh while it is while it is a good book like i don't remember anything of it just like sean said so really uh, yeah i think popcorn is a really good way to put it good but nothing really substantial so yeah i think as long as he hits those you know that popcorny level i think i think it'll be okay yeah um I, the only thing i've read of the justice league was the jeff john stuff uh for the new 52 so 
Like that's my only point of reference for it. And uh, I did read witches. I did read some of the American vampire stuff and um, uh, uh, and his Batman stuff. So I don't know. I I definitely agree that it'll be. He might try to make it popcorny. Uh, I did, but I don't want anything. I I think that's just what kind of where I want it anyway. For that, if I was to pick it up, I feel I feel like most of the time you probably go to a JLA book for the popcorny stuff, right? Like, yeah, unless you're looking at like a Grant Morrison, you know, who can who could make you know a bucket of popcorn up something to fucking chew on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only JLA, the only Justice League run I've read um, since I've been reading comics, the only one that's been coming out since I've been reading comics that, that I've read was Jeff Johns, and I really liked that. Um, but oh, you, I, you never read Morrison stuff? Oh, uh, well, I, 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 haven't, I haven't read it. I own it, just like a lot of other things, uh, sadly. Um, don't they, yeah, don't they call you the shrink wrap king? Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I loved it. But I also am a sucker for Jeff Johns. I love everything he does. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, thanks a lot for writing in, Jimmy and Emily and Brian. We really appreciate it. And if you want to write into us, there are plenty of ways you can do so, like I laid out above. Um, they all chose various methods of doing so. Uh, we always appreciate your comments, no matter how you get to us. Um, but of course, the best way to reach out is definitely by sending us an email at thecomicspals at gmail.com. So moving right along, let's do some pals polls. Why don't we, why don't we do that? Uh, so this week, uh, Marco chose Barrier number one. Yeah, so this is uh, a panel syndicate that is coming to Image. Uh, it's drawn by Marco Smartin, uh, and it is a. It's basically just a story about the um, about the southern border, the, the southern border um, here in the states, and uh, apparently the the comic itself is written in English and largely in Spanish. So it's like untranslated. They just print it out like that. So uh, it's also one that I just want to pick up to sort of uh, continue reading in, uh, try to read it in Spanish uh, to get that experience. And uh, yeah, I'm a fan of Brian K. Vaughn and uh, Marcos Martin also did the, um, oh my God, uh, Private Eye, yeah. I believe. So uh, like that stuff's great. And they're a really good, and dynamic duo, so I want to definitely pick it up. Is that what that team is called, Panel Syndicate? I think it is. Yeah. Or is that like, or is that what the website is called? I think that's what the website is called. Um, that that actually distributes it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I actually forgot about this book. Um, we talked about it on the show a few months back, but uh, it, it does look good. So uh, I'm glad you shouted that out because now I'm going to remember to pick it up. Yeah. Um, and then from Kale, uh, we have Sherlock Frankenstein and the Legion of Evil, Volume One. Nice. So this is the the trade uh, version of of a book I've been trying to pimp for a while. Um, this is the sort of villain side of the Black Hammer universe. Um, I'm very excited to um, explore more of this universe, and uh, you know really just dig deep in there um i love 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 superheroes especially outside of the big two and um anything i can you know dip my hands into 
I'll I'll take. Like I I'm just I'm all about it. Awesome. Uh, and then you you also chose my boyfriend is a bear. What the heck is that? That's How dare amazing. you call me out like that? <laughs> um, so this is an OGN from um, Oni Press about a woman who um, she has man trouble and uh, she meets a bear and wow. starts uh-huh. dating a bear. Of course, totally. Um, so yeah, I'm actually I'm really excited to read this. Um, <laughs> uh, it just seems like a fun twist on the the romance genre and i hopefully it doesn't awaken something in me oh is it is it wow. a, a manga style because usually only press publishes like different formatted books is it oh man i, I hope not i hate that <laughs> why is that like where you would go though like if i had girl troubles right i wouldn't immediately just say hey you know let me try bears you know like you that still would not- you're still stuck there huh sean we're not gonna talk <laughs> about the the bad way that only press formats their books. Yeah. I mean, you life. can't just uh, you can't just say she's dating a bear and then expect me to move on. I can't move on. Like that's listen, listen, man. It's 2018. Let her do her thing. What does that mean? We got too we got too much to worry about right now. I'm worried about her. She's gonna get mauled. Uh, not if she's dating the bear. Okay. What's that, Margo? Do you remember the Japanese dating sim I, I was playing? Oh yeah, it's, it's just a thing, man. You people House, fall in love uh, with House. bears. Yeah, are you still are you still hooked up with that bear? Yeah, at the end of it, you give her a potion, she becomes a fuzzy woman. What a fu- okay fuzzy. Woman. Um, so my- <laughs> no, hang on, I want to hear about the fuzzy woman. <laughs> no, no, we're done with that. That's not ever going to be talked about on this show. Man, <sighs> my pulse. <laughs> My pulls this week, uh, I got Flash 46. I am a very big fan of the Flash run currently going on. Uh, I've mentioned it many, many times on the show. Um, it's it, it's the only Flash run I've ever read, and I really, really like it. I didn't even care about the Flash prior to this run, to be honest. Um, but uh, it's been great. I'm very excited for Flash War to begin. Uh, I had no faith in that being an event that I would care about, but the way that they've built up to it has been phenomenal. Uh, we're fresh off the Gorilla Grotta story arc, and the Flash family is not in a great place. So, um, love the family drama, and I'm really excited to see what goes on. Um, and then the other book I chose was Batman White Knight number 8. Uh, Sean Gordon Murphy has been working on this series for... Uh, a while now and it's about to wrap up this is the last issue and i am more excited about this last issue than any book on the horizon including the next issue of doomsday clock uh this book is absolutely phenomenal the last issue brought me to tears um and it handles batman in a way that i have i've just never seen this before and it's crazy to say that when we're talking about a book that's basically just about you know a dark like a dark and gritty take on batman's world with a slight twist in that the joker turns into a good guy or whatever but it sounds like something you've read before and i promise you it's not uh i didn't know that murphy had these kind of writing chops but i highly highly recommend this book to anybody who likes Batman and wants something different or just wants good Batman or wants good stories, period. So 
uh, check out that that book. So uh, we are in a post Avengers Infinity War world, uh, and the movie ended up doing phenomenally. It is now the number one uh, movie in North America of all time domestically. It's it's done better than every movie. It beat out uh, the Force Awakens, um, and now Marvels is king. Um, and of course, Kevin Feige uh, had a thank you to deliver to the fans who supported this movie. Uh, it actually broke the ceiling that people thought it had. Uh, last week, we said that it looked like it was going to come in at number two. And so since it did come in at number one, that's a very monumental occasion. And uh, Kevin Feige had some words to say to his fans. To the greatest fans... The past 10 years have been an unforgettable ride, and we couldn't have done it without the entire team at Marvel, our incredible talent in front and behind the camera, the visionary comic book creators, but most importantly, you. Thank you for embracing these characters and stories since we kicked off the MCU 10 years ago. This past weekend was a result beyond our wildest dreams. On behalf of everyone here at Marvel Studios, we thank you for being the best fans in the universe and making Avengers Infinity War the biggest opening weekend of all time. And and right, to clarify, it was the biggest opening weekend of all time. It's not the biggest movie of all time. Not yet. Mm. Um, so uh, we're, we're probably on the road to that, right? Like you got to you got to figure this movie's not done. I'm about to go see it again today. <laughs> do, do we know if really? Disney has yeah. all five top um like opening weekends now oh i know three uh i'm not sure about the i'm not sure about four and five but we know the top three i would i would i think titanic and avatar are still are still holding on even more than like black panther no i mean i think they i think black panther is like number two like i think i think titanic and avatar are Are still like, like still like four and five yeah okay okay well, so it's so it's uh, it's Avengers: Infinity War, The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and then I think you're probably right, Kale, about the four and five uh, being Avatar and Titanic. Um, but I'm not sure, and unfortunately, I cannot check at the moment. Um, but we talked about uh, records being broken uh, with Avengers: Infinity War, and uh, it has broken a lot of records. Um, so it made 250000 250000 $250 million <laughs> uh, in its opening weekend, beating The Force Awakens. Um, overseas, uh, it made $380 million, oh. which is a boatload of money, um, putting it at $630 million for the opening weekend overall, making it the biggest opener ever in the world uh passing fate of the furious which somehow was the number one <laughs> um worldwide release i've i've heard those movies are actually really popular in china i've heard really? the same thing yeah and they did actually uh one of them actually takes place in i believe it's japan tokyo, oh, drift. Uh, tokyo, drift. tokyo drift yeah 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 so there's also there's also another franchise that is surprisingly popular over there, but I can't I can't remember what it is. It, it's always like bugged out, right? What what gets over um, in certain areas <laughs> versus others? Uh, like Warcraft, for example, the movie did terribly domestically, but it did great. That's, what, that's exactly what it was. Oh, okay, yep. yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yep, 
It did great over there. Uh, and then in addition, uh, uh, Avengers Infinity War set the record for the biggest Saturday ever. The biggest Sunday ever. Um, and uh, it's passed both Avengers and Batman Superman globally. So wow. it's the biggest superhero movie of all time. Wow. Disney made half a billion dollars in a weekend. Like, <laughs> what? Dude, they want their butt with half a million dollars. Like, a billion, half a billion dollars. Like, that's chump change to them. You're not wrong. I mean, think about it. This this year alone, and we're only in May, we've had Black Panther and Avengers Infinity War. So they've made almost $2 billion. Like, Black Panther is still in the theaters. <laughs> I could go watch Black Panther and then Avengers Infinity War right after if I wanted to. Yeah. I don't, but I, I could. It's uh, It's unprecedented. You could do it the other way around, too. I wouldn't recommend it, but you could. And uh, Kale sipping his coffee... Uh, is how Kevin Feige is laid up right now in his home, swimming in money, just sipping his coffee, loving life. Dude, Scrooge McDuck in it. Hey, man, uh, they've earned it. Uh, so we're not done talking about the MCU because there's another movie on the horizon. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp dropped its second trailer this week, and uh, I would say it's a lot better than the first one. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm actually really excited about this movie. Um, I haven't seen the first the first Ant Man, um, but he was my favorite part of Civil War. Um, so I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it the old college try. Um, but Evangeline Lilly and her fight scenes look incredible. Yeah, she is gonna make this movie. Yeah, I totally agree. I've been I'm I'm a huge fan of hers ever since Lost. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and uh, I'm so happy that she's in here, that she's in the MCU, that she's got a role that seems like I mean, she's the first. Her character is the first character ever to in the MCU to have her name uh, on the film, like as as a woman, right? Like Ant Man and the Wasp. That's this, this is, hasn't happened before. Um, so yeah. yeah, so that's that's pretty it's pretty cool that that she's the first one to have this happen. Um, and you're right. Her her fight scenes look incredible. I'm very pleased with what with what they're doing with her. This what do you guys uh, think? sorry, go ahead. No, sorry. I was just to say like this trailer didn't blow me over necessarily, or it, it didn't do much for me just because I'm already like looking forward for them to the movie. I'm just kind of like okay, this is stuff that's gonna happen. I just I at this point I could just want to see it. Um, so this trailer was just like all right, cool. But like I'm waiting for the movie. So you're hyped for this. Yeah, like, like, but, and that was like already just because I, I was a fan of the first one. So I, I am looking forward to this one. What do you guys think of Ghost? They've turned Ghost uh, into a woman, which I think is cool. I have no problems with that. Um, and her powers are like they're the same, but they seem to there seems to be a little bit of something different going on. I couldn't really tell based on the trailer. But what do you guys think of Ghost? I don't. I don't know that character, so or I don't think I know that character, so no idea. I have, but nope. Uh, my experience with Ghost is that he, in the comics he is a, um, a like a like a, a villain who a villain for hire, a, a tech villain for hire, who fight, typically fights against Iron Man, um, who's hired to like steal technology for from him or you know things like that. 
Uh, kind of a low-level villain, nothing, you know, not super special or anything. He was a member of the Thunderbolts for a little while. Um, but yeah, not not a big villain or anything. The one thing that I didn't like about the trailer was that it seems to imply that there's some kind of... That, that, that Ghost wants to blow up the world or take over the world or something, which... I am so done with, you know, like as a as a trope, as a villain goal, I don't really want to see that anymore. I feel like the MCU is beyond that. <clears throat> um we had we just had we just came off of Thanos who had a different goal. Mm-hmm. Um uh Killmonger whose goal was similar but I I would say it was different. I would say Killmonger's goals were different. Um and um like we've had different stuff go on. And so to go back to that just feels a little bit basic at this point. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I th- it's it's a supervillain. So I think on some level, I feel like you're going to get that. Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess I compared, you know, if you compare it to the the characters in the comics, you know, that's, that's probably pretty accurate. But... Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, you might, you might be right. I, I, I think I agree, Sean. Like, it, like uh, we're we're past that at this point. As to your point, like as as a trope. Um, yeah, I think uh, I, like if they made it more so, and I don't know how they are going to make it, but like if they did position it more so the same way they did with the first one, where it was more of a heist, and they sort of just focused on an element outside of like a classic superhero and supervillain conflict i think it would play up one to the history already that it, you have with the character and to sort of just build and continue to build upon the momentum of the mcu right like ghost is a perfect villain for that kind of movie right like you said heist movie kind of thing that's what ghost is about so um i think keeping it at that level to me is appropriate for Ant-Man and for the Wasp. Uh, but of course we haven't seen the movie, so we don't know how they get to that point. That mm-hmm. might not even be true. The trailer may be just kind of uh, um, you know, it's like a red herring. You know, we don't know. So yeah. uh, but we don't have to mm-hmm. wait too long. Uh, July 6th, the movie will be out and we'll be able to check it out then. And of course we'll bring our review to you guys. And don't you think don't you think that like given the, the way smaller stakes of Ant-Man of the Lost versus Infinity War will be a little more uh, relaxing. Don't you think it'll be relaxing having the threat of the world being in peril as opposed to, you know. This feels like scaling down, you know, almost like how um, uh, Ant-Man scales down. (laughs) No? Okay. That's okay. Uh, So we're going to move on. Um, we've got some big shakeups. <laughs> uh, Kale, you, I guess you were frozen and your reaction to me came way late. Yeah, it oh. just happened. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, cool. Interject. Yeah, okay. Uh, you're welcome, I guess. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so we've got some shakeups in the comics industry. Uh, IDW has hired a new editor-in-chief, and uh, I would say they're pretty familiar with him. We're talking about John Barber. Uh, He's been writing the Transformers line of comics 
for uh, quite some time now. Uh, he's a former editor at Marvel. Um, he edited several books, including um, Old Man Logan. Uh, and I believe he also edited um, uh, The Ultimates. I, b- I believe. I could be wrong on that. But at, at any rate, he had a long-standing history at Marvel. And he, and he was involved in a lot of different projects. Uh, and uh, he was a teacher at the Comics Experience. Uh, and when I took that class, he was the he was the teacher. Um, that was many years ago, back when it was something that they did actually in person. They don't do that anymore. Um, but uh, he's a very great guy. And I'm very, very happy for him uh, to get this opportunity. Um, in addition, sorry, go ahead, Kyo. I have nothing. I have nothing to say about that. That's uh, that sounds great. Um, if if his you know chops are on the books you've listed, that's yeah, that's dope. Um, I'm sure Murphy will let us know what uh, you know what books this guy has uh, been <laughs> on. So uh, well, yeah, I think it'll be fine. Looking here at the article, they definitely mention Ultimates, um, and sure. uh, he he did Wolverine as well and the Dark Tower. So. Uh, it's been many years since I spoke to him, but he used to tell the tales of what it was like to work with Mark Millar and all these different people. Um, so th- it was always very cool to uh, learn from him. Uh, and so he spoke to Heat Vision from The Hollywood Reporter and had this to say about his upgrade. To me, the title of editor-in-chief has a resonance and a legacy. It's something to live up to, a position I find pretty inspiring. So I don't know if I can really express my excitement at being back at IDW in this new role. As editor-in-chief, I'm in a position to help guide the company into a new era, working with our creators and our partners to make the best comics out there. IDW has some of the biggest and most fun properties in pop culture under our publishing umbrella, and I think some of the stuff we already have planned for the future will spin some heads. The comics world is constantly changing, and IDW's always change with the times, keeping its core values and looking toward tomorrow, and being right in the thick of that is just where I want to be. Very cool. Congrats. Um, Yeah, congratulations to John. Uh, I'm a big fan of his, and uh, I can't wait to see what he does at the head of IDW. Uh, But that's not the only move that we have uh, that, that went on, because Boom Studios actually hired Janine Schaefer as their executive editor. Uh, So Boom Studios has been making, I would say, a ton of moves lately, and a lot of Mm -hmm. these different companies have been making quite a bit of moves. I would say this is a huge one. Um, So she's going to be reporting directly to Mark, uh, sorry, Matt Gagnon, uh, who's the editor-in-chief over at Boom Studios, and function in a leadership role within the editorial department while overseeing a new, yet-to-be-revealed line of titles. Schaefer's hire leads off a series of exciting personnel changes at Boom Studios to be announced later today. So, Janine Schaefer's edited... Sorry, go ahead. Sean, wait, what was, what was the person whose name uh, she's working under? Because I heard Matt Magnum, and that's a very much a porn star name. <laughs> it was... <laughs> Matt Gagnon. Yeah. Oh, okay. Matt, Matt Gagnum. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, Gagnum. whoa, all right, cool. <laughs> I did not say Gagnum. <laughs> Matt Opa Gangnam Style. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Uh, we need Phil and Pete. Um, <laughs> uh, so she's been involved in a lot uh, in the comics industry. She's a name that you've probably yeah. read and not necessarily know who she is if you're just a casual reader. Um, but she's worked at DC. Um, she started with DC in 2004. Um, and worked with Grant Morrison on Batman, which is very, very cool. Um, 
she helped develop the Women of Marvel initiative, which uh, oh, wow. was a big, big, big part of Marvel and a big reason why Marvel is where they are in terms of those uh, women characters that they have, you know, elevated over the years. Um, and uh, so she's she's had a huge role in the industry, as I said, and uh, and she worked on Motor Crush, which is a book I really love. And now she's at Boom, oh. back at Boom, I should say. I, I'm pretty excited about that. I actually don't really react much to these uh, shifts often, but these were two that really excited me because I want more from Boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially now with with all the stuff that they have going out, especially with the Power Rangers, like everything that they yeah. have been putting out has been really, really cool and really, uh, I want to say, uh, inventive and just like super fresh. And, and they're, they're taking chances and that's something that we need and it's paying off for them. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I wholly agree with that, yeah. Speaking of Power Rangers, uh, and this may be a monkey wrench in Boom Studios, but uh, the Power Rangers brand as a whole has been acquired by Hasbro. Uh, So we talked, I believe we talked about the fact that the toy line was acquired by Hasbro uh, a few months back. I I believe we've reported on that. Um, But uh, now Saban Brands has given up the reins uh, over to Hasbro. Uh, and they did, They it was a bunch of different stuff too, like My Pet Monster and a bunch of stuff that's not as popular as the Power Rangers. Yeah. And uh, I think this is, this is a big piece of news. And the reason why is because we just talked about the fact that Boom Studios has the rights to Power Rangers, but IDW and Hasbro have a relationship. So I'm wondering how this is going to affect the Power Rangers comics. Yeah, this is, I don't know, it's, Worrying is a, a weird word to use, but I, it is kind of worrying um, because the stuff that Boom has put out has been so good. The idea of that is really stressful to, that we might just lose it, you know, um, uh, especially when it, it feels like it just started, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think best case scenario, well, best case scenario, I think it stays where it is within this situation. I think best case scenario, they just take everything that Boom and, you know, the Kyle Higgins and, and the team has done and they just pick it up and move it to IDW. That, yeah, that would be great if, if that is what has to happen. But man, I, I don't know. <laughs> and I, I'm scrolling through the article, but is it specifically like like all the, the, the rights and properties? Because publishing, right, publishing rights are separate from just owning the like the brands necessarily. Sure. Um, I don't think that it gets into all of that necessarily, but I think that when they, when they say that now Hasbro owns the power Rangers, they, they mean they own the whole deal. Mm. I, yeah. I would be willing to bet if I had to bet. Yeah. Uh, I mean, best case scenario, the, if, if it gets up to a point where they transition over best case scenario is, they leave Higgins on and uh, and I don't know, everything just works out content-wise at least. I would imagine that there has to be at least uh, a responsibility on the part of Hasbro to honor the deal that is currently in existence, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know that they can immediately get control of the book. Yeah, yeah. And like just like let the story play out or however much it goes. Whatever the contract is, yeah, I would yeah. imagine so. At least I'm I'm hopeful for that because I don't want. Well, and I think I think the the overall takeover happens in 2019 sometime. 
Ah, okay. So yeah, so there is a little bit of time there, but like you know, I, I like I don't want Shattered Grid to end and then it's just it. you know it's all done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that sucks. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, Hasbro has acquired, but uh, this is not the first time that Saban has given up the rights to the Power Rangers. Uh, they famously turned them over to Disney, and that didn't go well. I would say so. That that was actually. I kind of fell off Power Rangers um, when Disney picked it up. I think actually that was during my favorite era. I think I think Ninja Storm was the first of that that era of of Power Rangers. When was uh, Dino Thunder? I think that might have been. I think that's after Ninja Storm. Yeah. So okay, Probably, okay, so yeah, I'm mistaken because I actually like that one. At any rate, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Babs Tar is going to be drawing Judge Dredd this summer. Uh, so this is some really nice. cool news. Um, 2000 AD sci-fi special is going to be releasing uh, in June. And Babs Tar, um, who is the artist behind Motor Crush, as I said, a book I really, really love, um, is going to illustrate a Judge Dredd story. Um, <clears throat> and this will be the first time that it's an all-female creative team that's working on the character. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, so to so for people who who might not know, uh 2000 AD is one of two major um uh comics publishers in the UK. The other being Titan Comics. Um 2000 AD is like uh it's one of like the original like boys clubs of comics um they make just dread they do uh you know a lot of the the like when you think of like dude comics like they do heavy metal you know no that's that's a magazine heavy metal is kind of its own thing um oh okay yeah, Judge Dread, uh, Strontium Dog, I think is one one of them. You know, just kind of the weird sci-fi stuff, like sci-fi pulpy, you know, cyberpunk uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. And yeah, they've literally they've never had a full female team. I would be surprised if they've had women work there at all actually i i'm huh. not 100 percent sure about that but don't you we know someone who's actually working on this oh uh so friend of the show olivia hicks is uh doing uh i believe an eight-page story with an artist uh called uh, abigail bulmer um and they are going to do uh a story um man that's uh, so exciting it is huge so it's so hard to work for 2000 ad even even as a gritty gross dude like it's it's hard to even get in it and like the fact that olivia's getting in there um it's just incredible so huge congratulations to olivia were you calling yourself gritty and gross (laughs) i'm well i mean like crusty i guess is a better word which is also a good way to describe 2000 AD. <laughs> I'd rather be gritty than crusty. Listen, we can't. You know, crusty is as crusty does, man. <laughs> you can't. You can't. You can't pick your adjective. I'm. I'm really uh, happy for Olivia Hicks, and I'm happy that this is happening. I think this is really cool, and they've got a lineup 
uh, for this. That's that's awesome. Uh, some some names that anyone would recognize. Alex DeCampi is working on this. Laura Bailey, Katie Rex, Leah Moore, uh, Olivia Hicks, as we said. Um, Zulia Vince, Vincente, Sam Beck, Abigail Bulmer, uh, as we mentioned. Uh, so there's there's a lot of talent involved with this, and um, it, it's always nice to see whenever something is happening that's unprecedented. You know, this has not happened before, so it's very cool, and uh, hopefully we can see more of this kind of thing. Um, yeah, and, please, and, uh, please pick it go up. buy it. Yeah, yeah, I'll be going to pick up my first 2008 AD book. Is this? Uh, excuse my ignorance. This, is this available in the states? Like, can I get this? Yeah. Uh, it, yes, there are dusty old corners of comic book shops that typically have uh, Judge Dredd books. Midtown should have it, uh, I think. Yeah, yeah. Midtown will have it. You may have to, like I say, you may have to have them. You know, go dust out a cob cobweb. Corner, you know what? But- it says uh, it says it'll be out in North America the following month, so in July for us. Ah, uh, okay. Okay, sure. Awesome. I will be looking for that. Uh, so, we mentioned Doomsday Clock a little bit earlier, and there has been some controversy this week about the release schedule for the book. Now, uh, it was announced, gosh, it must have been uh, about two, three months ago now, uh, two months, uh, that Doomsday Clock would be, shit, would be uh, switching to a bi-monthly release schedule. Uh, meaning that it'd be released every other month, um, which sucks if you're a fan of the book. I said that to Jess, and she went, <laughs> "Yeah, thanks." And I went, "No, hold on," because it could be twice a month instead of once every two months. I mean, to be fair, a lot of people get confused on that. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah. I said, that- "Look, I, I'm not a smart person, but this is how it is." <laughs> <laughs> Um, so initially it was being reported that, uh, Doomsday Clock 5 and 6 were delayed, uh, that Doomsday Clock, which was supposed to come out on May 23rd, would actually be coming out on June 20th, and Doomsday Clock number 6, scheduled for July, would be releasing on August 29th, which is a huge amount of time, uh, to be waiting for these books. Um, uh, so obviously the internet lit on fire. Um, and then uh, DC Comics kind of uh, pulled back on this. So Doomsday Clock number five now has a release date of May 30th, which is just a week later than what uh, what it was supposed to come out on originally. So that's not that's not so bad. Um, uh, that doesn't seem great. What you mean? Like, like uh, you know, I think we've said several times that. And especially, I know you guys say it on the video game pals a lot. I would rather have something come out late and good than early, early and, bad. and shitty. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that they pushed it back and then walked that back isn't a great sign. So uh, Jeff Johns did comment on this, and maybe it'll shed some light on your concerns. Gary and I, Gary Frank. Gary and I are working diligently to deliver a thought-provoking and beautifully drawn series that's unlike anything else on the shelves today. It's incredibly important to us to keep the quality of Doomsday Clock, but also to deliver it on the bi-monthly schedule, and we intend to keep our word. Issue 5 will begin the countdown for the DC Universe as the worlds of of the Watchmen and DC collide full-on. Expect to see characters known and obscure step into the spotlight. 
and the strangest team up you've ever th- ever seen. Okay, so we use that opportunity to plug what's coming up in the book. Um, my my thought is that they they're giving us the Doomsday Clock number five a little sooner, but Doomsday Clock number six is still pushed back. They haven't so they haven't resolicited that for an earlier date than the um the the delayed date that they gave us. So it's possible that they were doing this in an effort to kind of like get ahead a little bit, if you will. And so maybe their 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 idea is let's get five out and then have there be a little bit more of a wait on six. Yeah, that makes sense. It gives them like whatever little bit of it's like, hey, all right, we pushed them back, but like here, take it and then we'll push back these other ones to just space things out. I think yeah, that makes sense from a schedule standpoint. Yeah, but what's going to happen with seven? Mm. Well, it stays. Does right? Is it? Oh, like is it going to? Well, but if six is pushed back to when seven would come out, then oh, uh, then yeah, I would assume everything is going to get like delayed anyway. Uh, just because uh the extensive amount of art and the di- I'm just assuming the writing duties in general. So Man, sure, I just I just cannot understand somebody who wouldn't be okay with that. Yeah, that is wild. I mean, obvious, you know, we all we all understand the visceral reaction, right? My visceral reaction was like, oh, this sucks, you know? Um, but I'm also not going to get on this show or go on Twitter or whatever and rage about it. Because at the end of the day, I don't want this book to be bad. I don't want them to get another artist. I don't want Gary to sacrifice one iota of detail. Mm-hmm. I want them to work as hard as they have to work to make this what it needs to be and i don't want any compromise so if this is what it is then let's just let's wait um i'm not gonna say i'm unhappy that we're getting this book on may 30th but i would i would say knowing how comics work if they can put the book out on may 30th it's probably either done or very very close to done um so we'll see uh and of course we're gonna bring that review to you guys when that book does drop on the 30th so or yeah the 30th the week of yeah yeah the week of so, uh, that's going to bring us into the main topic for this week. Uh, we learned some pretty big news that DC has now officially announced their streaming service um, titled DC Universe alongside several shows that are going to air exclusively on the platform. Hmm. Uh, so, we now know the names of some of the shows that are going to be airing, um, but not much else. Uh, because the announcement is light on information outside of those shows. So what I want to talk about is what is, what is, what is this? What does this have to be right in the modern era that we're living in where we have Netflix and we have Hulu and we have Amazon and all these different things, um, in many cases that offer like a smorgasbord of content. What does the DC Universe streaming service need to be in order to make it an attractive buy? Because I'm I'm gonna go through the 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 shows uh, for you guys right now, and um and and just you know we'll we'll talk about this. So here's the announcement, or here's the website. If you go to dccomics.com, uh, you're gonna see a huge thing that that promotes this. So it says uh, DC Universe is a first of its kind immersive digital experience designed just for DC fans. One of the many incredible things your membership will include is unlimited access to the following original series. So it showcases Titans, Swamp Thing, which is incredible. Uh, Completely new, yeah. 
completely new live action at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Young Justice and the animated Harley Quinn television show. Uh, so those are the those are the announcements, um, but nothing else. We don't know about a price. We don't know about a launch date. We don't know what else this gives you. So what do you guys make of this? And is this attractive? And what does it need to be to become attractive for you guys? So I recently saw something um, on the train and it was another streaming service. Uh, and they had an advertisement like uh, in the like the empty slots where you can put whatever you need. Um, like where the maps would go. And signs and the ads and shit. Yeah. And and I was just like, okay, another one. Uh, and and these are I forgot what the name of it was, but there's so many now. Like I subscribe to to Verve. I subscribe to uh, I'm looking here now. Uh, well, not really subscribe to this one, but Kiss Anime, HBO Now, Amazon. Like I have all these. I no longer watch television just because I have all these things. So I think for me, as a consumer, it would need to provide me with more than just DC offerings. It would need to provide me with offerings that sort of collect a bunch of different things like verb has Crunchyroll, it has rooster teeth it has cartoon hangover you know it does it's not just Crunchyroll, right it's not just uh, a rooster teeth thing like while it does have all that content separately cool but i have one place where i can have all of that and i pay a us i pay a fee to access all that content then i um, and I won't have to necessarily go to each individual place. I don't have to have a Crunchyroll account, a Cartoon Hangover account, a Rooster Teeth account, and pay for those individually in order to access this. So if they're going to sell this on me, either it has to be incorporated into an app that I already own and am subscribed to, or it's going to have to do something more than just give me DC content. How how much do you pay for Verve? Um, I think it's like 13 bucks, maybe. 12 okay a so month? just like a little more than like a netflix. netflix yeah just a little bit more and and even then i have for netflix like the family stuff so multiple people can watch same thing with hulu amazon yeah. like so it's it's about the same price yeah yeah it's a, it's about the same price and i feel like i'm getting so much more content than i would just then subscribing to one of those things I, I do i do get more content than subscribing to just one of those yeah i think i think the the struggle here is is Young Justice and Swamp Thing worth it? Mm. I would have to. I would have to imagine they'll put the CW stuff on there. Like I can't imagine they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know they'll they'll put the DC cinematic stuff there. Probably the old animated stuff. You would think maybe so, right? animated stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But is that going to be enough? And at what price are they going to put it? You know is the average nine ninety nine gonna be too high? I think for DC for only DC offerings, I think it might be. I agree. Especially in the case with like Young Justice, like they really burned fans with that show. Um, and be it whether that was DC or Cartoon Network or or whoever, like I just like man, they screwed that show over they being whoever it was you know um i just can't imagine there's a lot of trust in that you know i really want to see it like i love the injustice <laughs> but i might just wait until the thing folds and wait for it to come on netflix you know yeah so what you're then- saying is go ahead go ahead marco 
Sorry. Uh, no, and then I was just going to say, and then like what happens to shows like Flash who do get resyndicated on something like a Hulu or a Netflix? Like, do we still have access yeah. to that? Like, how, or well, do those shows go there? And the other thing that about that is, um, I, I know I've talked about this on the Riverdale Review, uh, but because I'm in a different country, we don't, you know, That's we right. don't have uh, the CW here. The CW stuff is they, it's all Netflix originals here because it it's broadcast only on unless it's on Sky, which I which I don't have. It's kind of like the satellite company here, but it's like syndicated it, through Netflix, right? Yeah, it comes on Netflix weekly. So, so Kale, what you're saying is that you would not pay ten dollars a month for this as it stands. If if we assume, like you said, that they would include all the DC offerings that have ever existed on screen. I mean, the only thing I'm excited about is like really, truly excited about is one show. Like that's the only thing I would go out of my way to watch. No, it's tough, right? Um, so for me, I I can't say that I care greatly about any of this. Like, if this were just airing on regular television, would I tune in? No, I don't even watch the CW shows that they have now. I'm not gonna tune in right. for a show that's gonna be, you know, I'm just making an assumption, but similar quality to what the CW already does. Why would I pay for that when they already have that? You know, if I like, I could just watch arrow and not watch titans yes i'm not gonna get to see the titans but i'm getting a similar show right um the difference between for example the marvel netflix shows and the shows that they air on like abc like agents of shield and agent carter there's a wide gap between those shows in a lot of different ways i would say in terms of quality in terms of you know the like a lot of the, the effects a lot of the things that they get I think are higher quality. So that's number one, right? In my mind, these shows have got to be of a higher quality. You know, they just do. If I'm paying money, they got to be better. Um, in addition, we know that the creative teams behind these shows um, are going to be really solid because they're pulling from a lot of the same people who work on the CW stuff. Greg Berlanti, who, who's like the, the main guy over there, he's going to be working on some of this. So that's, that's great news. And then also, um, I'm blanking. Who's working on Swamp Thing? James Wan. James, James Wan. Wan. That's the right. director of yeah. Aquaman. And what else has he done? Uh, the Insidious franchise. Really, really big horror director. Yep. Right. Right. Um, so, yeah. And on that as well was uh, Mark Verheiden, who's a writer on Daredevil. Uh, Gary Dauberman, who was a writer for It. And um, uh, one other guy who's the writer for um, Constantine. Right. So that's that's pretty you know that's pretty solid talent. Like I would I would bet that they could put something really good out there. Um, do I care about being able to watch the old DC movies and stuff? No, I, I honestly don't. Um, the truth is, you wouldn't like, want to see have... Phantasm. <laughs> no, it's a good movie. I, I don't want to see that. I have, I have Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah, I I own it. I own it. Yeah, they oh, just <laughs> they just put that out and made a big push for that 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 Blu-ray re-release. Why would I then get this to get that? You know, like um, that's it's an incredible movie. Um, this needs to be, in my opinion, to really sell me on this. This needs to include comic books. Yes, 
I agree. It needs to be, it needs to have the capacity for me to read comic books on my phone, even on my, whatever screen I'm watching it on, I need to be able to read comics. If I can't do that, it's not worth it because the movies themselves, there's a limited backlog of those, right? And like, you might own a few. I own every single DC movie I want to watch. I don't, I don't need a streaming service to watch those. When it comes to the old animated shows, those are nice, but am I really, like, realistically, am I going to sit there and watch all of these shows? No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to watch every episode of Justice League Unlimited and Batman. They're nice, and I love them, but I'm not going to do that. Um, and then for these new shows, I'm not going to watch them if they're free. What I will do is I will read comics. And if they don't diversify this offer... By including comics, I don't see the value to the average person, especially when you're talking about the fact that these things go hand in hand and you want new readers. Go ahead, Marco. Uh, um, so my only question to that, Sean, is then what audience uh, would is DC trying to hit? Are they trying to hit comics fans or are they trying to hit TV audiences? Because TV audiences don't necessarily go towards the comics so we we know that from from the movies we know that from the tv shows like sure there's an initial bump uh in sales and stuff like that but it doesn't bring in long-term uh readers so it also depends on who the demographic that they're trying to hit is Uh, like we can incorporate comics but then is that an extra cost on dc's end if people don't actually use that and don't actually buy from that or or I, i don't know how they'll work it out but are those two audiences like? Can you hit those two audiences? Uh, are they mutually inclusive? I don't think so. I don't think so. Personally, I think the the regular TV watching audience isn't going to go out of their way for this. And I don't. I don't. I honestly don't see why they would. With the comics included, especially with the comics included. Mm-hmm. Like, if they don't care about the comics, what what's the point? Well, my, my thought process was, was the following. Uh, if you want to make this an attractive destination for comics fans, you got to include comics, in my mind. Um, there's nowhere else that has that, right? Like, uh, we, you know, yes, we have, like, whatever, comicsology and different things like that, but this is, this is something totally different. Um, if you can put comics in there, yeah, sure. People might not be going to the local comic book store that they don't even know about to pick up a book. But if they just watch an awesome episode of Titans and at the very end, there's an ad there. Hey, if you like this, click this link to read the Judas contract, right? Or whatever. People might click that, you know, and it's it's not at any more cost to them necessarily, but that might be attractive to them once they're already within the ecosystem. Does it does it make the average person go? Yeah, I wanna I wanna get this for the comics. Probably not. But if you promote it properly, maybe people start to use that more, and maybe just maybe they get transitioned into being fans of book of comic books because you're talking about something that's already re- warped in and wrapped in to the package they're paying for already. You know, they don't have to go anywhere. There's no extra mile for them. Do you? Uh... Do you see it as more of a Marvel Unlimited thing where it's sort of um, mm-hmm. uh, backlog of uh, – that's probably not the right word, but like a, an archive of like the older stuff up to a certain point? Or you know, is it replacement for all your DC comic book shop needs? 
I, I would imagine you don't want to cannibalize, um, you know, the people who would who would just go to the store and buy the books, right? So you would want it to be a little bit behind. But for me personally, I can tell you that, I, like, I've been a DC fan. I've been reading DC Comics for about 11 years, 12 years, which is not as long as I've been reading Marvel books. There's a lot of stuff I've missed out on. Especially early in the, earlier in the show, you never read Flash, and you say the recent stuff is the only stuff you care about. Well, man, you're missing out. I believe you wholeheartedly. And so if they, if, you know, the Flash television show, if you could go and read Jeff John's Flash run, you might say, hey, wow, this is crazy. I want to read more. And then maybe you go the extra step. Maybe you go to the store. Maybe you go to Comixology. I think that's I think that's awesome. One one concern that um, uh, I was uh, talking to somebody on, on, on Twitter and one of the concerns was uh, how will this potentially impact the characters themselves uh, from a comic perspective because uh, like we saw the backlash with Young Justice and if that's supposed to be the uh, like the or, or like the Titan stuff like if, if that's supposed to be like the the thing to get those names out into the into the world and through this distribution uh, DC streaming service how did, how will that affect either positive or negatively on the characters in the comics then I'm not I'm not as concerned with that uh, can it have that effect sure it could we've seen that happen before DC has been pretty good I would say lately uh, about not letting their their big screen stuff affect the comics much. Um, yes, they they've done some stuff with like the Suicide Squad, like that. The Suicide Squad that exists resembles heavily the film version um, in terms of the characters that are there. But uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that the DC universe in the comics looks much of anything at all like the film one. It's a good thing because the film universe is not good. Yeah, I feel I, I feel like they've probably learned that lesson. Yeah, pretty, mm. and I feel like they learned it probably pretty quick. Um, with, with the exception of probably Cyborg being on the the Justice League team as opposed to the Teen Titans, I like I think that would be the only main line change I could think of. And even then, he joined. He was a member of the Justice League during Jeff Johns' run. Yes. Well, and that's what they based the film on. But I, I, I feel like they made that move specifically to transition that toward movies. Yeah, you know, I, I think that there may be some merit to that. I think that they didn't want to go with Martian Manhunter, uh, for for that. And I, I think you're probably right. That's yeah, obviously speculation. But I, I, I feel like that would, you know. That's not a, a an unreasonable jump to make. Sort of jump into the uh, bigger question. I I don't know what would make me jump into this. I don't even know that comics would. Um, I have Marvel Unlimited, but I I have it through like my brother in law's account. I think he pays for it, and <laughs> honestly, like I I don't even use it, so. You know, I don't. Uh, I don't know. I, I really don't know what would make me want this. The James Wan Swamp Thing and Young Justice are good pulls. Like it's a really good start, but I, yeah, I really don't know. Well, um, I was going to. I was going to say 
that there's a there's another element to this conversation, and and Marco brought up Titans. Um, I feel that this was a very poor time to announce this because of the recent the recent backlash regarding the the way that the the principal characters of the television show look through those leaks. I think that announcing this now, when the sting is still very fresh, uh, is a bad decision. And I also think that they needed to announce more than this. Because putting Titans up there in a, with a banner after what we just saw is not inspiring anybody. But if you tell me on the outset, hey, not only are you getting these shows, but you're going to get all this other stuff too, all this cool stuff. Maybe then I'm like, oh, thinking about it. But right now... I feel like they needed to wait until the summertime to really announce this until we've seen a trailer for literally any one of these shows. It This seems like an announcement for San Diego like or, or yeah. Emerald City or like. Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I like I for, I completely forgot about the the backlash on the, the set images uh, because I am a grown up and have a life. But like <laughs> I don't, you know. Yeah, I to your point. Like, I do, I don't understand why they did it now. It was very casual for him, and when you would think you would want to hype this up to get people to to want this. Yeah, like they should have they should have had like a Swamp Thing exclusive. I don't know, tote bag or some bullshit at San Diego. You know, or again a trailer for for Titans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, or or even announcing it around the time of Aquaman. Like, oh, Jay, yeah. uh, like like Juan is fresh off from this, and now look, he's gonna work on this. So like, and guess what? Yeah, you know, do do we know what uh, time frame this is coming out in? Is that announced at all? So in what I've read, I have not seen anything about a timeline. I saw the Swamp Thing show being 2019, uh, like late 2019. So why couldn't they couldn't they couldn't wait a month, two months for San Diego? Like it just doesn't make sense. So my thing is, if Swamp Thing is late 2019, does that mean like what does that even mean? Does that mean that this doesn't launch until late 2019? Does that mean like what is going to be available when we get this? Is it just going to be Titans and Young Justice or like what are they even going to have? You know like there's so many questions and that's what makes this uh, like on the outset not good. I don't I shouldn't have this many questions when we're talking about something that they announced themselves. Disney has talked about a streaming service, but they haven't officially like shown us what it is. You're supposed to know what to expect when you're talking about something like this. And the fact that we don't makes me feel like either they don't know what they're going to do and they they haven't figured it out yet. Or they jump the gun because they're so excited that they may have burned audiences by doing it this way. And, you know, I'm not convinced that it matters. I'm not convinced that a ton of people are looking for this regardless. But I, I, I if, if I'm grading the announcement, I'm giving them about a C or a D. Yeah. Yeah, and a C, a C is generous. Yeah. Uh, so, do you guys have any more on this? I, I'll I'll probably watch this just because of the Swamp Thing show. Um, like I'll see like a first episode. If it's good, then maybe I'll subscribe to it. Maybe not. If not, I'll wait to see if we hear anything. So whether or not it's getting syndicated somewhere else. Like if it goes on Hulu or Netflix, then I'll just wait. Honestly, this yeah, this seems like it would go the way of CISO. What? Uh, uh yep. It was a uh, <laughs> and point it, made. 
it was a uh, an all comedy streaming service. Oh, you brought this uh, up before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I have. I probably, I'm sure I have because the the my brother, my brother and me TV mm-hmm. show was on it. Uh, they had a show called a uh, Bajillion Dollar Properties, which was a, a show with like 90 of my favorite actors and comedians. Um, it just like it was a a, a show that it showed like um, old reruns of SNL and like it had a ton of comedy movies and you know both original content and reruns of old comedy content but just one day it folded and all of the shows had to be sold and hosted somewhere else um so i yeah like a good streaming platform and 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 i think we've said this about the cbs thing uh, when it when they started it with uh, Supergirl and the new Star Trek, it's a good streaming service should be broad, and I think that's why Netflix and Amazon and Hulu, and frankly, that's three too many. Um, <laughs> I'm subscribed to like three more after that. Yeah, it. But you're also like filthy, stupid rich. Um, no, it. It um, <laughs> a, a good a good streaming service should be broad and it should cover a wide audience specifically so that it doesn't rely on one or two things you know, um, and it just seems like that's what this is going to be. And to your point, if they do get like let's say let's say the the streaming service does flop, what does that mean for the shows themselves? Like, do they just get picked up someplace else? Like, are they just are they gone? Like. You know, like the, there's so many more implications there. And that's what I mean, especially in the case of Young Justice. Fuck it. They'll just sweep it under the rug and we'll never see it again. Yeah. And then Swamp Thing's going to have to go back to like USA or whatever it was playing on before. Or just cease to exist. I think that's preferable if Swamp Thing just, you know, was gone Doesn't, forever. D- mm, I don't know. No? <laughs> nah, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. No? Nah. Not aligned. Mm, okay. Ah, I don't have the gauntlet. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so with that snap, I think Kayla is signaling the end of this show. And before we fade away, uh, we do want to leave you with some words. Uh, let us know your thoughts about um, the DC streaming service. Is this something that you would pick up? Um, does this appeal to you? And if it not, what would it take for it to appeal to you? Um, we're, we're anxious to hear what you guys have to say on that subject and you can get to us in a myriad of ways. Uh, we are on Apple podcasts where you can leave us a rating and, uh, drop a comment if you'd like. Um, we are at the comics pals, wherever your social media is sold. You can write to us at the comics pals at gmail.com to talk about anything we've talked about on this or any other episode of the comics pals. Uh, and of course, last but not least, you can hit us up on YouTube where you can like this video, share with your friends. Uh, drop a comment and subscribe to our channel. Um, and of course, as we said at the top, Deadpool Cares package is a thing. Uh, we are still giving away the entire Daniel Way Deadpool run. And if you would like to win that, all you have to do is go to our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash the comics pals, watch the Avengers Infinity War video, uh, or just pull it up if you've already heard it. Um, subscribe to our channel, drop us a comment letting us know your favorite moment from the movie, and uh, make sure to share the video with your friends. So, with that, we're going to do some plugs. Kale. Oh, 
Jeez. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not used to being first. Uh, so you can hear Pete on the video game pals. Uh, not this week, but every literally, well, mostly every other week. Sometimes um, every week. Sometimes people are places. Uh, you can find him on Twitter and Instagram at loud underscore Pete. Uh, he is on Pals Play, uh, I think Monday through Thursday with yeah. uh, Thompson. Uh, he also does the Riverdale review with Marco and I. Um, we need to talk about scheduling the next recording of the uh, for the next episode, so that's not great. Um. He also writes for CBR. He has a couple of articles that I'm sure are making him money. Go to his um, his author page, uh, Pete and Bessie, and um, uh, make him some money so that the Comics Pals can survive. Um, as for me, you can find my comics on panelspublishing.com. Uh, that is our website. We also have a selfie where you can find our whole catalog. Uh, selfie.com slash panels publishing and also comiXology under panels publishing you can find me on twitter and instagram at toto in that's t-o-t-o-i-n-t-o-w very well done marco uh you can find me on instagram and twitter at mr marco animoto i'm also the official mod at the long box uh subreddit i am tentacle gang oh and also and also very excited that swamp thing is coming out as a live action tv show the original was trash and so i mean anything's better than that at this point so you know what i hope thanos gets rid of you swamp (gasps) thing the and the and whoever's whoever had the idea of this show i hope all of that goes away wasn't that you? Yeah. No, the show, the Swap Thing show. Oh. You <laughs> meant this show. <laughs> Wait a minute. No, 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 no. I've been spared. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I, I don't know, man. Sometimes I wish for that sweet release. <laughs> oh, should I type in if Swamp Thing is going to be spared? No. No. Um, And as for uh, me, sorry, Kill. Yeah. Oh, I was going to plug Phil real quick. I was going to plug Phil too, but I was going <laughs> to plug myself to think of a way to plug Phil in a in a compelling way but if you've got something better go for it well i mean uh, we all know the uh, you know the age-old jingle if you need to follow if you if you need to and let's be real you don't <laughs> if you need to follow phil on twitter and instagram it's uh at cyborg bebop that's c-y-b-o-r-g-b-e-b-o-p P. and i am at sean soapbox on twitter only where you can talk to me about whatever you feel like talking to me about except for pirates and with that we're the comics pal signing off confirming something is alive god i wish i weren't